0: Welcome. It's a pleasure to have you with us on this last day of August. It's hard to believe that August is already over. The months just seem to fly by, um, two days at a time, or even quicker. I can't believe we're almost to the last part of the year. But fall should be coming fairly soon, and we should maybe get a little bit of relief from the, the heat and the humidity, and that will be a blessing. But we are glad you've joined with us this morning. Whether you're seated here in front of us, you're joining us online. Whether you've been here for for quite a while or you haven't been here for very long, we are glad that you are here and have chosen to worship with us at Cross Timber, just to let you, you know if there are prayer concerns, if there are questions that you have, if there's anything that we could help you with. There's a little card in your bulletin. We call it a Connect card. You can just jot it on there and drop it in the offering plate that we'll be passing around in just a couple of moments, and we will take care of those as we receive those. Let me just remind you of, of three things before we take opportunity to read from God's Word together. We'll read from Matthew chapter 5 this morning, starting in verse number 13. The first is men's breakfast. It's every morning at 6.30 a.m. We meet at the Elk Diner here in Burleson. It's a good opportunity to uh, start the week in with prayer, with fellowship, and with breakfast. So if you have not been a part of that, we'd love for you to give it an opportunity, give it a try, and if you've... Been there before. We'd love to see you again. It's always a, a good time, and I think we had 11 last week, so it was a good start to the week. On Wednesdays, we have two opportunities for you to, to be engaged. One is Wednesdays at 11 o'clock. We, we start off with, with Bible study and lunch during the middle of the week. We we sing hymns, we study God's Word, we take time to pray, and then we enjoy a meal together. And still, currently, that meal is at no cost, so we'd love for you to come and be a part of that and enjoy Um, Bible study and lunch for this on Wednesdays at 11 and then Wednesdays at 630. We join here together at the church for for prayer and we pray for Our needs within our church needs within our community and needs around the world and that's 630 to 730 on Wednesday evenings Our Bible reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 5 starting in verse 13 and I'll read through verse number 16 In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. just like to invite you to join in a time of prayer this morning as so we take opportunity to invite the Lord's presence to, um, to fill us and to teach us that we would set aside the distractions from, from this time and from this day and, and focus our hearts on what the Lord has I just wanted to share this one scripture to direct us as we pray. In Psalm 46, verse 1, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And if you look all around us, almost on a daily basis, you see the ongoing need for God to be a refuge and God to be a strength and God to provide His help in times of trouble. So I invite you to pray along with me as I lead us. This morning, God, we thank you that we can join together as your people in this place, in this building that you've blessed us with to pray. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to to seek your face and to know your heart. And I invite you during this time just to take a moment to ask God to speak to your to your heart, to reveal any sin that's there, to confess it and just ask him to prepare your heart to hear his voice. Oh God, that we would hear your voice clearly and you would speak to us and that we would respond. And with all of the things going around on around us that we would ask the one who says he will be our refuge and strength. If you would just lift up a prayer for those residents and businesses and churches and others that, that live in Louisiana along the, the coast of the Gulf with the impending... Arrival of hurricane ida just asking that god would be the refuge and god would be the strength And that people would see the mightiness of his hand at work And he would see that he is they would see he is for them and not against them And that you would pray to the god who says he is a help in times of trouble Ask god to be with the people of the nation of afghanistan for the the ones that are trying to exit the country, for those that are refugees, for those that are foreign citizens that are looking to to get out, for the translators that have helped the United States military that are that are marked men and women, for those that are pastors and missionaries that are on lists. that you would strengthen them with your spirit, that you would give them your strength. And for our men and women that are in service, our servicemen, our military personnel that are there, that will be leaving soon, I thank you for their, their courage. I thank you for their honor. I thank you for using them there. And as they surround that airport for these last days, that you would surround them with your presence and your protection. And we pray for those that are in Haiti. Not uh, a place of it's very poor and very needy. And then when physical devastation comes, it makes things all the worse. For those in the West of our country, the fires that, that burn in California, for the people that are displaced. And God, we call on you as the one who is the refuge and the strength, who is our help in trouble. And now as we close our time of prayer, just take a moment and welcome, ask God to prepare your heart to welcome His presence as we sing and as we worship. And God, we do thank You that You are our refuge and our strength. You are a help in trouble. You are the giver of all good things. Everything we have comes from You. And we thank You that now as we Pause to collect our tithes and our offerings, that it's just a small way that we can show our appreciation. God, help us out of obedience to you, out of response to your generosity, to be generous in our, our giving. That what we give, we would give freely to you to use for your kingdom work here in this church, in this city, in our community, and even around the world. Lord, teach us to be cheerful givers. Lord, teach us to give freely and joyfully. And Lord, we pray your blessings on what we receive, that it would be used for your work. And we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: This song song we're about to do is called Job Sweet. I believe we provided the words up there for you to follow along. Um, It's been a blessing for me for many years. And uh, so I pray God blesses you with it. You must spare his life, for my son shall not die. So Job was afflicted with terrible sores, sat down in the ashes to wait for the Lord, sat down in the ashes. So deftly they listen, so blindly they see. Their words and their doctrine, they all sound so true. The problem is, Lord, they're all the way Place my hand over my mouth.
2: Would you stand and sing with us this morning?
1: Lost, I was in chains. The world had its hold on me. My heart was a stone, I was covered
3: in chains.
0: You may be seated. Isaiah chapter. 58 is where you can find your place this morning. Just thankful to the Lord for the gift of, of music, for the gift of not only gifted and talented songwriters that listen to the Lord, but also those that He blesses with voices and fingers that can do um, pretty incredible things. So thank you. Um, thank you, worship team, and and we appreciate the work that you you do, the ministry that you provide for us and helping us focus our attention toward the, the Lord as we worship together. Let me just ask um, a question of you this morning would you like to see God Bring breakthrough and blessings to our church and to our community. If that's something you you think you you would like to see, you know, just you can affirm that by you can say yes, you can shake your head. But, you know, would you really like to see God bring breakthrough and blessing to not only our church, but also our our community? Amen, right? Because if you look all around us, there are, there are needs. There are so many people, people that we know, people that we don't know, that we live next to, that still don't follow Jesus. Or there's those other folks that claim to, to know Jesus, or they say, well, I go to church, but they don't really follow Him. They don't really follow after what the Bible teaches. There's others that we see that are in bondage to, to sin. They're just caught up, bound up, and they need to be set free there are people that are addicted to substances, people that are addicted to sex, people that are addicted to success that need to be released from the bondage that they are in. Hopelessness abounds all around us. Unforgiveness and anger and rage burn like forest fires around us and there's people that are continually victims of both violence and abuse and the family is under attack. And we need God to bring about His breakthrough and His blessing to our church and to our community. Now let me ask you another question somewhat related to that. Are you tired of just going through the motions of church and missing out on the delight and the intimacy of a relationship with God who calls us to serve Him joyfully? Does that sound like something that would be... Interesting. If you were looking at a travel brochure of the Christian life and it said, you know, intimate relationship with God and exciting adventures, would it be something you would sign up for? Or would you just fold it up and say, no, that's not for me? You see, if we want to see God bring breakthrough and blessing to our church and our community, something has to change. You see, even in the church, we're plagued with sin. Self-righteousness creeps up. Self-effort kicks in to try to do it ourselves and and self-focus. This is what I need. This is what I want. We're crippled by criticalness. Oh, we shouldn't do it that way. Busyness. Let's just do something else. Consumerism. If we just make it better, it'll be good. If we just make it bigger, people will like it more. Or we conform to the culture and expect God to bless. Well, you know, we just need to be like everybody else. We don't want to stand out too much because then we'll feel like they'll think we're weirdos and we don't want to, you know, be too much like the world because then we won't really be. We just, if we can find this happy medium where everybody's happy, then it'll be good. All the while, what we do if we choose those things, is we settle for far less than God's best. Now, in the days of the prophet Elijah the nation of Israel found themselves in a very similar predicament. Now, it wasn't a unique predicament. It was a predicament that they found themselves in over and over and over again. God called them to be His people for an intimate relationship, to be used for His plan and His purpose. But time and time again, they would wander. They'd drift off to doing their own thing their own way. And God would call them back. He would usually cause another nation to come in and take them over, and they would be in captivity. They would be in bondage. And they would cry out to God, God help us, God set us free. And they would turn back to God for a season, only after a while to fall back into the same habits. You see, they were doing the things that they thought seemed right. They were performing all their religious duties, but their faith was really very shallow. The people around them had great needs and they were much more interested in taking care of themselves and looking after anyone else. And God was calling them to be who he had called them to be. To do what he intended for them to do. And the same is true for you and for me today. God has a plan for our church. He wants to use us people in this room, to be a part of what he's doing, to bring breakthrough and blessing. But he'll only do it when we respond to him with humble obedience, humble repentance and loving obedience. Now, I want us to read these 14 verses. It's the entire chapter, chapter 58. And we'll be using this both this week and next week as we guide our our time together. But listen to what the prophet Isaiah speaks to God's people, speaking the words of the Lord. Cry aloud, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that did righteousness. And did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. Behold, you you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Is such the fast that I chose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it it to bow bow down his head like a reed and to spread a sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose? Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and He will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desires of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually. And satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my day, and call the Sabbath a delight, and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it not going your own ways, or seeking your own pleasure, or talking idly, then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth, I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Lord, we ask you this morning that you would help us to understand your word. Spoken centuries ago through a prophet named Isaiah to a people called Israel by a God that never changes through a word that never changes and a word that is timeless and true. And so God, help us to look at these words spoken long ago and apply them to our hearts and our lives today that we could be changed and transformed. We trust you to do it and ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. So when the church responds to God with humble repentance and loving obedience, the result will be breakthrough and blessing both in the church and the community that's the formula that we're looking for that when we respond to God correctly then God uses us to be a part of his work that brings transformation i have four three points they're easily they're easy blanks to fill in you can find them in the outline on the back of your bulletin and the first thing is just the problem what was the problem well in israel they were suffering from shallow worship and a weak faith. See, God issues a warning to His people through this prophet. As if He were saying, listen to me, heed my warning, you're on the wrong path. You see, on the outside, the people seemed very religious. But on the inside, there was not much happening. Their worship was very shallow. Shallow. Now, it looked good on the outside, but they were really only seeking after God so that God would meet their needs. They had very selfish motives. And Isaiah talks about them fasting, but they were only fasting in hope that God would notice them. God, look what I'm doing. I'm fasting for you so that you will bless me so that I can feel better, act better Have more, so everything will be all right with me. It was very me-centered. And their faith was also weak. They had the appearance of being religious, of being God's people, but really on the inside, their hearts weren't being changed or transformed. It's the kind of thing that looks good from a distance, but when you get up close, it just doesn't seem to looks nearly as pretty. Years ago, Deborah and I drove to, well, we started in San Antonio, and we were just going to go on a little day trip, and the next thing we know, we're headed west, and we go to Brackettville. And we went on to Mexico, but that's another story. But we get to Brackettville where they filmed the movie The Alamo. And there you see these walls, you know, that they, they use for this movie set, And it it looks so majestic when you watch the movie with John Wayne and others. You know, there's the mighty Alamo. But when you get there, it's really just out in the middle of nowhere. And there's just some adobe walls. And you can tell that it's just a, a facade. It looked good on the outside, but there really wasn't much there. The same is true with Israel's religion. When you inspected them more closely, they weren't experiencing God's presence on a regular basis. They weren't addressing the needs that God had showed them around them. And they were really just being selfish, and they were more interested in themselves than anything else. The people were trying to be righteous by their own standards, and they failed to do what God truly required. You see, in this text, we see things like taking care of the people around them, being a light that, that shines for others to see and keeping the Sabbath. And those things were were meant to be part of their daily life, but they were going at it all wrong. And as I was reading through this, I've read through this several times, I thought about, you know, as a church today, have we really have we got it wrong? You know, do we gather together with the purpose of Jesus being formed in us to being transformed in our our lives do we come here to be transformed or you know do we just show up to be entertained to be encouraged to feel a little bit better so we can make it through tomorrow so we can limp through the week and come back on another sunday just to get a little bit more encouragement to make it another week see if we're not careful in life we can focus on external appearance On ourselves and miss out on being a part of what God is doing on his mission. And so a question just to probe your own thoughts is what's my motivation when I come to meet for for worship. See shallow worship is very easy to fall into. That's the all about me. Where We. Try to use God for our own purposes to meet our needs. We just simply go through the motions. We we put on the mask. We play the game of church. Everything's fine. I'm fine. But underneath, the faith is is weak. If there's really any faith there at all, and Isaiah would say, "As the Lord speaks, said it's time to shout." the news out to sound off the trumpet that we can hear God's voice and realize there is a better way there's a way in fact it's the only way that God will use us for his purposes and that's God calling us to brokenness and repentance God brings about conviction it's that feeling in your heart that you know something is not right he wants us to be uncomfortable about our sin and our selfishness. Ultimately, so we'll respond to Him and change our actions. But He also, because He allows us to choose, will allow us to ignore that or refuse to change. And what happens is that our hearts become more hardened and we are moved further away from God but the goal of God's conviction is to bring about change so that we can draw near to God. Now, in our society today, you hear the word brokenness used. And many times in in our culture and in whether it's it's psychology or other forms of of therapy or counseling, they use the word brokenness to describe What's going on on the inside that as we are broken That we talk about our brokenness how we don't match up to god's standard what's messed up inside us but if you look through the pages of scripture when God talks about his people being broken when you look at what it means to experience brokenness in the bible It's being broken over the sin in your life how you've sinned against God and how you've sinned against other people. It's God's moving in your heart that leads us toward repentance. You hear words like a broken and contrite heart. And when God breaks us over our sin, ultimately it should move us toward God. It should put us in a position to receive His forgiveness and restoration. And the action we take in response to conviction is the word repentance. It's just simply turning away from sin and self and turning back toward God. It's God's gift to us. It's not a bad word. Repentance is a gift from God. It's the gateway to breakthrough and to blessing. And when we move toward God, we see God for who He truly is. We see Him highly, high and lifted up and we experience His presence. And when we do that, we experience true worship and real faith. You see, the problem was their faith was weak. But the solution is true worship and real faith. You see, God's word to Israel was, come back to me. He wasn't telling them that fasting was wrong. Certainly God's not against fasting. But He was telling them that if they fasted, they should do it for the right reasons. See, God's concern was the motive behind their fasting. And they were fasting just so that they could get God's attention. And no matter how many times they fasted or how severely they fasted, that if their hearts weren't in the right place, the fasting that they did was useless. Because their actions, what they lived out during their daily lives, didn't show love for God and love for others. Now, while there's much to learn in this passage about fasting, I want you to, to understand that when Isaiah is using this, God speaking this, he's using fasting as a representation of their Their worship. And so you can apply this to coming in and sitting down in a Sunday morning or opening up your your Bible, you know, and understanding what your motive is. Is it really to seek after God so that He can change us? Or is it just to somehow try to manipulate God to do what you want Him to do? Because while they would come and worship God on the outside, there were things being ignored that they should have taken care of. Isaiah points them out because real faith will lead to loving obedience where we serve God and serve others because we love God and love others. Some of the things listed are helping to free the oppressed, to feed those that are hungry, to shelter those that are in need of housing, to clothe those that are naked, to meet practical needs in daily life and don't miss... What he says there to not ignore people that are like you, your own brothers and sisters. He goes on to say that real faith doesn't point fingers at other people, well they should be doing this or they should be doing it or I don't know why they're doing this, but true faith loves and true faith doesn't speak evil about others. But oh my goodness, if you look at the church today, at least if you watch social, if you look. Through Social media, you find out that, wow, I think a lot of Christians are really good at pointing fingers, that are really good at speaking evil about others and fighting with others when God calls us to love. But God's calling His people back to true worship. That they would regard the Sabbath as a holy day. They would take delight in the Sabbath. They wouldn't treat it like a duty. And that they would honor the Lord on the Sabbath and not, in Isaiah's words, go their own way way that they would take delight in the Lord enjoying the relationship that we can have with God desiring his presence and then aiming to please him that's what God wanted for his people that they would experience his presence they would embrace his truth and they would lovingly respond to him in thankfulness and obedience That was their end of keeping up the covenant, that they would respond in gratitude and loving obedience. When it comes to you and I, how does it speak to us? Well, I think it's important to note that real faith has noticeable results. That when we practice a real faith, that there's going to be results that notice. The worship that we practice will be true worship. It's for the glory of God and God alone. It's not to entertain the other folks around us. It's not to to try to garner God's attention, but it's simply to show our praise and adoration to God. It's also marked by turning away from self-absorbed behavior. That over time, as we encounter God's Presence. It's less about us, and it's more about God and others. As we embrace His presence, we also embrace the truth of His Word. We see His goodness and how He acts toward us, and we see His goodness and His truth in His Word, which leads us to become broken over our sin and the sins of others. To where we cry out to God, not only God forgive me, but God forgive the people in my family, the people in my community, the people in my state, in my country, and in my world. That we would be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That we wouldn't be what we were, but we would be what Christ says we can be. That we would be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the things that He wants us to do. And then we would be activated, launched out into service. You see, real faith leads to action, there's transformation, there's empowerment by the Holy Spirit, and then we get the opportunity to be ministers in the name of the Lord. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, listen to how Peter describes his people, the people of God, followers of Jesus, but you are a chosen race, a royal Priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may be comfortable and happy and peaceful in all that you do. No, that's not what it says. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Chosen priests, God's own. Possession to do what? Proclaim His excellencies. Wow, and there's a lot of those. The one who calls us out of darkness to light. But listen to verse 10. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Sounds like a pretty good template for a testimony. You know, one time I wasn't... I didn't belong to Jesus, now I belong to Jesus. I was outside of His mercy, now I've received His mercy. This is what the Lord has done for me. And out of the gratitude that we have for what He's done for us, we show love to God through our worship and through our actions toward others. And that means we get to join God in His work. I never. It's just almost imprinted in my mind, I don't think I'll ever forget it, you know, when Henry Blackaby wrote Experiencing God, you know, the fact that God is at work all around us. He works all around us. And when we hear His voice, He invites us to join Him in the work that He's already doing. That tells me two things. It's God's work, it's not mine. And the other thing it tells me is because God loves me, He gives me the opportunity to be a part of what He's doing. But it also lets me know that I have an opportunity to say no to that or to miss an opportunity. But when I miss the opportunity, it doesn't mean God's not going to continue working. It just means that maybe somebody else gets to go on the exciting journey and not me. It means we can cry out to God in the place of prayer. It's the ministry of intercession, praying for other people. Oswald Chambers, if you've ever read any of his Work Collected by his wife Written down In the utmost for his highest Listen to what he says Prayer does not fit us for The greater work Prayer is the greater work So prayer doesn't get us ready for the greater work Prayer is the greater work We will accomplish more As a body of believers In prayer Than we will doing anything else. Because prayer activates God's power. Prayer sets things into motion. Prayer prepares the way for what God wants to do. Prayer gets us in the position to understand what God's word is to us and what we need to be doing. It sets His agenda in our hearts for His purpose, which leads us to loving other people and serving other people helping them meet real needs, and then telling them the good news about Jesus. And let me just tell you, when we get involved in what God's doing, things get exciting. We become a useful tool in God's hands. We're willing servants that long to please our Master. That we're emptied and cleansed vessels, ready to be filled with the Holy Spirit We become motivated by love and by gratitude, and we're ready for God to reveal what's next. And the result of our readiness, the result of God's work in our church, in our hearts, in our community, is abundant blessings and miraculous breakthroughs. I'm not sure I know what all that means, but I'm going to say it again because it just sounds incredible. Abundant blessings and miraculous breakthroughs. You see, when Isaiah spoke the truth to God's people in that day, he showed them what they needed to do, and then he revealed to them what would happen when they did. You see, God's purpose all along for Israel from the time of Abraham was that they would be his chosen people. They would be ministers. They would have a ministry of, they would be a nation of priests. They would be a light to the nations. Which means they would point people toward God and the Messiah that He promised to send. They would be like lights shining in the darkness. Cities on a hill that would not be hidden. And when Israel would respond to God with loving obedience, they experienced blessings and miracles. In verses 9 and 10 and verses 10 through 12, listen to some of the description that Isaiah gives. Like the sunrise would signal a new day, they would enjoy a new beginning. They would experience personal restoration, healing from the inside out. God would be their protector in the front and in the rear. They would enjoy fellowship and communication with God. God would be their guide and He would meet all of their needs. And they would be a light that shines in the darkness. And they would be fruitful. Do you want to be fruitful? Do you want God to use you? Do you want your your day to make a difference? We'll talk more about this next week, but Isaiah describes them as a garden with plenty of water or a spring that never runs dry. And they would get the experience of seeing God rebuild their land and not just see God do it, but be a part of what He was doing. The cities that had been destroyed would be rebuilt. What would take place would benefit people in their day and also people in future generations. And God's people would be called, catch this, and this we'll unpack more next week, repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets. God would let them be a part of His work. And they would display a love that would show on the outside. They would practice real faith. They would have true worship. See, when Christ is working in you and through you, it's His power at work. It's His love at work in us and through us. And we're walking, when we walk in the power of the Spirit, when we're walking in the fullness of His love, miracles happen all around. Now, you may say, well, well what kind of miracles are you talking about? Well, I think regardless of what you believe about miracles, the greatest miracle that God performs is a transformation of lives. That people walking in darkness could walk into the light. That people that were far away from God God, could be brought near by the love of, of Christ. And when we walk in His power and His love, God uses us to be a part of that ministry that we talked about last week, that ministry of reconciliation. And there will be more blessings around us than we can count. And God will begin to redefine in us what a blessing is. And we'll find out that those blessings always come so we can be a blessing to others. Could you imagine what it would be like for God to use men and women here at Cross Timber to be a part of His work to reconcile men and women to Himself, children, to take part in His work to reconcile relationships in families, in communities, to join Him on rescue missions and restoration missions, to to be a part of what He wants to do to transform individuals, families, and communities. Would you like to be a place that God would say is a repairer of the broken down walls that leave men, women, children, and families vulnerable to attack? Or the restorers of streets, neighborhoods all around us? How would that happen? Well, one heart... At a time. It starts with my heart and your heart. And then it spills over into the hearts of others. It's one person and one family who could transform, God could use to transform a whole family. It's one family on a street. Who God could use to transform a whole street. Who could use to transform a neighborhood. To transform a city. See if we get our hearts in the right place. We begin to realize our purpose in Christ. We move from just sitting and listening. To being filled, spilled over and launched into service in our community for the benefit of others. We begin to understand what it means to really live in Christ. And in our community around us, needs needs, needs will begin to be met. People get set free. Lives begin to change, be changed. And the people that are around us will experience the blessing of the overflow of a vibrant relationship with Jesus. But if there's no overflow, if there's no vibrancy in the relationship, we've got nothing to give. Good words, pat on the back. The best we can do. Only when we are filled with the presence of the living Christ do we have an overflow that can pour out, that can bring blessing and transformation. And it only... Happens when we have real faith and true worship. Let me just re ask that question I started at the beginning with. Do you want to see breakthrough and blessing in our church? Would it thrill you to see breakthrough and blessing in our community? It starts with me. It starts with you. No, it starts with us. Each one of us is important. Everyone is needed. No one is insignificant. Everyone has a part. But how in the world do we get started? Two things. Humble repentance and loving obedience. When we repent in humility, the result is there's less of sin and less of self in our life. And there's more of Jesus and His mission. I'll say it another way. When we get our priorities in the right place, God has room to work. God needs to clean house before He can fill it with His presence and do His work. Humble repentance and then loving obedience. You probably know this, but you may need to be reminded because you haven't thought about it in a while, but serving the Lord is meant to be a blessing, not a burden. We don't have to serve the Lord. We get to serve the Lord. It's a privilege. And we serve not so God will love us or accept us. No, we serve because we are loved by God first And because He served us ultimately in His Son, Jesus, the suffering servant, who gave His life for us. And God uses our loving obedience to do His kingdom work. That's why we're called His hands and His feet. That we get to be a part of what God's doing to to make disciples. And we'll see as time goes on that that's not just to bring more people into the church. It's not to add numbers to the role. It's not to find somebody that's disgruntled at their church and say, hey, come to our church. No, it's to take somebody that wants to follow Jesus and show them the way. And then it's those people that learn to follow Jesus teaching other people how to follow Jesus. It's life transformation. It's not conforming to a model It's not sticking to a a formula. No, it's being transformed little by little into the image of Christ. It's His work in us. And it's renewing our community. Proverbs says that when the righteous flourish, a city flourishes. When God's people rise up and be what He's called them to be, then it benefits not only churches, it benefits the whole community. And so as we close, I just want to tell you, in the next several weeks, here on Sunday mornings, we're going to look at how you and I at Cross Timber can be a part of God's kingdom work. I've been meeting with five other people consistently since last summer, and we've been praying, discussing, seeking the Lord about what our unique role is here at Cross Timber in carrying out the Great Commission. What does God want us to be doing? And we've explored questions like, who are we as a church? What kind of people do we have? What are the gifts we have? What makes us unique? What could we be doing that nobody else is doing that would help our community and grow the kingdom? Why do we do the things we need to do? What are those values that that drive us? How are we going to even do that? Is there a strategy involved? When can we look and say we're successful? When somebody walks out of the doors of our our church, whether they graduate and go to college, or whether they're, they're just going out to work on a Monday, how can we look and say we are making a difference? We're making disciples that hopefully will push back the darkness and impact their community. And then ultimately, where is God wanting us to go? What does He want to do with us? Now, I truly believe that God has great days ahead for us at Cross Timber. It's kind of strange to say because when you look around, you see that it's getting harder and harder to be the church. I think persecution is going to increase. I think the things that we've relied on in the past are going to be less dependable. Many people have said that the church in the next coming years is going to have to learn how to do more with less less of the resources that we've depended on and more on dependence on what God can do and God wants us to to be a part of his work to transform broken families into homes healthy homes where where Jesus is lifted up as first given a priority He wants us to be reconcilers, to be in that ministry of reconciliation. He's willing to lead us, to guide us and empower us if we're willing to listen and to follow. So for the next six weeks, we're going to look at how can we move forward? How can we move towards seeing God bring about breakthrough and blessings in our church, in our community? And I hope you'll be a part. Will you pray with me? Precious Lord, we are, are grateful for your goodness. We're thankful for the the, speech, the speaking that you do beyond human words, that you speak directly to our hearts through your word and by your spirit. We trust that you are faithful in all that you do. And so, God, in this time of invitation, we, we do ask that you would speak to our hearts. God, we we sense that you're calling us back to you. To respond to you in humble repentance. For things like trying to do it on our own. For trying to do it for our own interest and for neglecting the interest of others. For simply not being you, for not allowing you to be Lord and lead us and guide us. Lord, help us to see that there is a blessing in repentance. And that as we receive your forgiveness and your restoration. But Lord, you've also called us toward loving obedience. Following after you because we love you. As a and we have it as a privilege. It's a privileged responsibility. Help us to not take it lightly. Help us as best we can during these next several weeks to to make it a priority to be here, to listen, to seek you during the week and while we meet together. Because, God, we truly believe that you are at work and that you want us to be a part of your work. And we don't want to miss it. We want to be a part of your work to bring breakthrough and blessing to our community. And Lord, this morning, I just simply say, don't pass us by. Help us to turn to you, to find all that we need, to find our identity, to find our direction, to find the strength that we need, the ability we need. And the direction to walk in. We thank you O Lord. And we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. We'll sing together. In in just a moment. It's the opportunity that we have. At the close of our our service. To respond to God. And we see music playing. Um, Gives us the opportunity. To hear his voice. And I trust that. As you listen to God. And he speaks. He will respond. And that can be. A number of ways. It can be praying simply where you are, quietly to yourself. It can be praying with another brother or another sister. It can be praying down front. Maybe there's a decision that you need to to make public before the church, whether it's joining the church family, whether it's committing your life to to Christ, or whether it's just committing yourself to a deeper level of, of service to the Lord. Or maybe you just feel the Lord's leading you in another way. But I trust that as the Lord speaks, you will respond. So we join in standing together, and as we sing, listen to the Lord.
1: I was lost, I was changed the world. Has-
0: Loves you and he is for you, not against you. And I thank you for, for being here for worship this morning. Just pray that the Lord would, would speak to you throughout today and through the rest of the week and look forward to the next time that we can gather together again to to worship and to study his word together. We're going to sing a song as we always do, and when we hold on just a second.
3: Of you know we just had the service yesterday for my daughter-in-law and we appreciate so much your lifting us up in prayer. you've been wonderful prayer warriors for the last two months. it was difficult but we know she's with the Lord but I just you just don't know how your prayers strengthened us through all this and through the other problems that my son is having right now with custody and so on but right now, God is saying yes, and so we're thankful for that. We hope He continues to say yes. But we wanted you to know how much, how precious you are to us and how you have sustained us during this time. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for sharing that. Glenda. Just thankful that the Lord is good to us, and He uses all of us at different times to minister to the others, and it's great to be a part of a family, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Well, let's sing together. And when the music starts, you're free to go. So, Lord bless you.
3: Jesus. Will bring you gifts, some bring you bricks to weigh you down, so they can swim a little higher while you drown.